Sunny 16 presents. Episode 7 of the Quirky Camera Podcast. Um, hope you're all okay. It's a nice sunny day here in uh, East Devon in, uh, in the UK. Um, I thought we'd start with uh, three cameras this week. Uh, I've got uh, one by Polaroid, as ever, knowing in, uh, and two by Kodak. I'm also going to talk about my experiences with uh, 116 70mm film processing. So uh, let's start with the first camera. The first camera I have for you uh, is the Polaroid Big Shot. So this camera is quite well known for being used as a um, portrait camera by Andy Warhol. Uh, it takes pack film and it's a fixed rangefinder camera. It's basically a pack film holder with a big snout front uh, and it uses magic cubes and it's got a diffuser on the front for the magic cubes. So how you focus this is with the big shot shuffle. Basically, you look through the rangefinder, the viewfinder, and you walk up and down until the image is coincident, like a normal rangefinder, but it's fixed focus. So you have to move you, not the ca- and the camera, up and down until you hit the focus. Uh, it's got one shutter speed, and it just clicks, and that's it. There you go. And uh, it's got um, a light and darken. It's very, very simple. Uh, these produce quite good results. Uh, there is a trick, though, to avoiding uh, being reliant on magic cubes. Um, if you can find a flash adapter, a PW, National PW110, which was made for um, 110 film cameras, uh, that means you can put that onto the magic cube mount, and on top of that, you can put an ordinary little flash gun. I use an Olympus PS200. So that gives me a solution that gets me off magic cube dependence and this camera i had uh, bought from nate at polaroid options the polaroid conversions option eight and he's grafted on um on the back an instant lab an impossible instant lab fpu film processing unit so this doesn't take pat film it takes ordinary integral film from polaroid um the only downside of that is your images are back to reverse left right but that's not a big deal to be honest um so this is the polaroid big shot these used to go for quite cheap money um 30 pound for a big shot but now they're around about 100 pound to buy one um and they are unless you get a modified one they are reliant on pack film and i was going to talk about more about pack film and possible developments and replacements for that later on there you go the polaroid big shot the next camera i have for you is the kodak folding pocket number 3a now, I bought this camera uh, as it was described as a folding pocket number 2A, thinking I was getting the 116 version of the folding pocket. I mentioned on the last podcast I got the folding pocket 2B, which is 120. And I have taken pictures of the 2B, you'll see on my Flickr feed, and they came out quite well. I did have a light leak issue, I think mainly because I lifted the um, winder up by accident and light got in. Uh, but I got some good images out of the 2B. So this is the Kodak Folding Pocket 3A. So this takes 
122 film. So it's absolutely enormous. I mean, it's a lovely camera, but 122 film is basically uh, three and a quarter by five and a quarter, I think. So even if you put a sheet of um, five by four in the back of this, it's just lost in the size of this. It's an enormous film format, 122. So my plan is to put some x-ray film in this and shoot it. I'm reliably informed the lenses on these aren't as good. Um, but I would say it's a lovely camera. How this got ever described as a pocket camera is a bit beyond me. Because if I can open it, there we go. It's enormous. Um, this has a ball bear, the Kodak ball bearing shutter. There you go. Uh, you've got a one speed, which I think again is about the 25th. Uh, and actually, this one has um, some actual f-stop marks, I think. Yeah, so this one is marked in f-stops, I think, unusually for Kodak. Um, it's a lovely camera, nice burgundy bellows. There are no light leaks I can detect on this, so I will shoot some film on this. This would make a good sprocket camera if you were prepared to put some 35mm on... Um, some 122 backing paper and spools right down the middle you could get a monster panoramic sprocket camera out of this um, for those who are interested in shooting sort of panoramic sprockets um, it's easy to focus well it, you basically just pull it out on the focus and, then, and the viewfinder on mine is quite bright actually you can see um, it's one of the ones you just look down but this how as i say how these were ever um, described as a pocket camera is slightly strange because they're absolutely enormous mine even came with what you call a little handbag it's carrying case with Kodak on the clips is sweet. Uh, the folding pocket number 3A, the biggest pocket camera in the world. The last camera I have uh, this uh, episode is the Bow Brownie from Kodak. Now, the one I have is the Bow Brownie number 2A, which is the um, 116 70mm version, which is the cheaper version usually. Um, these are quite collectible because they've got they love you know 1930s uh, classic uh, shelf queen cameras and they've got a really simple shutter it's just really simple i think about a 30th at best um mine takes a 70 millimeter which isn't a problem i can sort that out um there's a really nice camera you've got two viewfinders horizontal and vertical you can control the aperture there's a sort of lever you pull up and down at the top which gives three if i uh, if i put it like one and you can put it on um there we go t and you can pull up the aperture and it gives you three different apertures there's a sort of lever basically a piece of metal with holes in it you just pull up and down um so yeah the bow brownie absolutely lovely camera a good looker you know um i would think this will be fine i can't imagine how it would light leak it's so well put together um and i'll run some hp 570 millimeter through this um i think i paid about 20 or pound these are cheaper that obviously people want the 120 ones because by definition it's a lot easier to use um you haven't got to faff about with 70 millimeter film and find 116 spools and backing paper uh, but yeah have a look for around for a bow brownie i've got the burgundy and black one the the other colors go for more serious money they're really collectible the kodak bow brownie i thought i'd talk about my experiences processing uh 116 film 70 millimeter film 
so I had um, a Kodak, a little Kodak uh, pocket um, bellows camera, a number 2A, uh, which I thought was completely light tight. That's a big fail. So I loaded that with some 65mm uh, Kodak um, Vision 2 from the Film Photography Project and ran it all through, and then I was going to process it. So the first thing is processing it. Uh, the proper 65mm from Kodak is 65mm, not 70mm, including sprockets. So I got caught out there. I got my reels in my dark bag, and I thought, this isn't going to work. So I used um, as a processing tank, which uh, has got, you can just slide up and down, really old-fashioned with Mike. Uh, film photography project put me onto it uh, and you can just slide the the two bits up and down until they meet at the right size and then you have to load it like a Hughes reel by putting it in the middle and cupping it and, and rolling it on it was a struggle but I did get all of the 65 millimeter onto the reel um, it's a 1950s tank and got it in the tank Actually, what I did, I loaded it into a Patterson tank and used another spool just to uh, pack it out. I didn't use the original tank that the old-fashioned reel came in. Uh, so I can report I used... I got the Remjet off using Nick and Trick's Remjet remover, which worked fine, and I processed it with Nick and Trick's um, ECN2... Um, sort of not real ECN2. They do an RA, RA4 kit, which is works fine. So I processed my color film um and actually that worked fine i just normal color film 38 degrees etc and that all came out but i got no images because the bellows i then discovered had got about four million um pinholes in i hadn't spotted them a big drop off from me but i've since uh decided that camera i started to mend the bellows by painting it with a electrical a liquid electrical tape which works but looks awful and i did line the bellows with one millimeter foam inside but i think on that camera because those cameras are fairly cheap i'm going to do uh, the full bellows replacement i've looked up how to do that and i'll report back when i've done that uh, i'm going to take the lens off um, and take the bellows off and then get, get on to mr custom bellows in birmingham for a new set of bellows so I'll report back on that. So the next thing is, okay, I can do 65mm. How do I do 70mm? Well, you'll find on YouTube there's a trick with um, uh, two Patterson spools. If you get, they've got to be the same sort of Patterson spools, same generation, and you can make a 70mm spool out of that. And that works reasonably well. I've tested that. But also I got another old-fashioned Patterson tank where, again, you can just move the 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 ends of the spiral up and down until it fits the 70 millimeter and just rode that so I, that means i can process the 70 millimeter hp5 the ilford hp5 i've got um so that's my story on so far on 70 millimeter and 65 millimeter processing and reels um so we've just finished Polaroid Week and I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed Polaroid Week. It's mainly a flicker driven activity and I wanted to thank all the people who organise it. You shoot uh, you shoot your Polaroids and then you just put up two a day um, into the, um, the Polaroid Week uh, group for that year. Um, and it's a lovely thing. You get lots of feedback, lots of nice people and Polaroid and instant film encourages a wider gamut. It's not all white old guys like me, basically. Uh, Polaroid's very good for encouraging, you know, um, more women, um, 
more people with ethnic backgrounds it's much better um, shooting incidents seems to attract a wider gamut of people so i would encourage you to try shoot you know just shoot some instax mini if your budget's tighter um uh, but i would encourage you to participate in polaroid week you can learn a lot about shooting instant and see some wonderful images so that's a big shout out for polaroid week on Flickr, which has just finished so my last shout out this week is for a replacement for pack film so it's not cheap it's very dear but i recommend uh, one instant from SuperSense. so it's a bit different you just get one shot per pack uh, and it's all done in a nice disposable way with cardboard film holder and everything and you get three in a box they do a color which is out of stock at the moment and i bought my color on kickstarter and they do uh, black and white and if you want pack film to continue people are going to have to buy and support the folks who make these uh, replacements it's obviously a lot more expensive because they're making it from the ground up but fujifilm wouldn't share the kit uh, and the technology um, i think fujifilm's only analog film going forward eventually will be uh, instax but uh, a big shout out for super sense one instant film uh, and that's all I've got time for this week. And again, a big shout out for Mike Gutterman for the theme music. And uh, look after yourselves, everybody. Keep shooting film. Keep rocking those film cameras. That's all from Ian Fleming. Bye. Bye.